The NHL Global Series is underway as we have action in Sweden. Some possible changes to three-on-three overtime. We have our women's hockey spotlight, and we look ahead to a busy weekend of NHL action. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Rachel, happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. I wish I knew how to say that in Swedish. <laughs> I wish I knew how to say anything in Swedish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, very, very true. And and Sweden is where the Global Series is already underway. And uh, we, we had a little bit of excitement in that first game, a little drama, uh, a, a very fast 4 nothing start for Ottawa, and then, uh, you know, Detroit storms back, forces overtime, and uh, Ottawa ends up winning it in the end, but a real seesaw battle there. Yeah, the fans over there got a real exciting game. Um, Kachuk, you know, starting off the game with two goals in the first period, um, it really looked like Ottawa was running away with this one. But then, you know, midway through the second period, Detroit was like, oh, I guess we should show up to this game. And boy, did they show up. Um, you know, Debrinkit again continues. He's got 11 goals on the season as of the end of that game. Um, just keeps continuing to produce. Uh, Shane Gostas Bear had an excellent game, a goal and two assists. Uh, for the defenseman in Detroit, but uh, nobody could figure it out in regulation. And uh, Tim Stutzla gets a goal with like two seconds left in overtime. That is a hell of a way to start this global series. Yeah, all, all the drama, seesaw battle, last second goal. It's, uh, you know, very exciting. And the the fans in Sweden certainly getting their money's worth in that respect. And uh you know, the good news for them is there's a lot more hockey still to come. And uh, what are your thoughts about just the, the overall thing that in the middle of the season, the NHL is sending teams overseas to play these games? Yeah, I really like it. I think it's good for the league, um, especially, you know, if they go to places like Sweden, like Finland, where a, a number of NHL players are from there. They've gone to Czechia. You know, where there's a chance for people who are from there to play in front of hometown fans and they're, you know, a lot more friends and family. And I just think it just adds to the atmosphere of an NHL game. And European sports fans just have a completely different energy than North American fans do. So just the atmosphere is a lot different and I think that's fun for the players to experience and it's fun for North American fans to see that if you you know you're watching a stream of the game from home. 
Yeah, it definitely adds a different element, and especially for those European players. I mean, to be able to play, <clears throat> excuse me, an NHL game in front of their home fans and friends and family who can just be in their city or in their country and, and be able to watch their their child play, uh, that, that has to add another dimension to it. So uh, I, I also like it. I think it's a, it's a great thing, and the NHL does a pretty good job <clears throat> of pacing it and getting it created. Some talk about changes to overtime. Uh, what do you think of the proposal, and, and why do you think it's necessary? Or do you think it's necessary? Yeah, I've seen, you know, obviously when the three on three overtime started, it was very exciting, very fast paced. And as is the case with everything, you learn how to uh, mitigate the risk for it. Right. And so sometimes it gets a little slow where guys skate it all the way back into their own def defensive zone to regroup to allow for players to swap out and things like that and so it slows it down a little bit and so i can see why the league is looking at ways to try and make it a little bit more exciting than it had been before unfortunately they're not at the point where at least unfortunately in my opinion they're not at the point where they're discussing making it a 10 minute three on three and eliminating the shootout. Um, they're not talking about eliminating the shootout. That would be my preference Mine uh, is, to go, is to go a 10 minute three on three. And then if it's a tie, it's a tie, but um, they, you know, to really encourage people to try and win because if, you know, I, I mean, maybe you could make it if nobody wins, nobody gets any points, which would be <laughs> especially harsh. But I don't think that would ever happen. No, but, I don't think they'd go that far. No, but what they are doing is thinking about things like almost making it like an NBA rule with the half court line. So once you pass the red line, you can't regroup back unless there's been a possession change or you've already taken a shot on net. Um, that is the only way to do that. The other uh, option that it looks like they're considering is a shot clock, which, again, I think is really interesting where, you know, once you enter the offensive zone, you have 10, 15 seconds, whatever it is to take a shot. And if you don't, um, they haven't really talked about, you know, what the you know penalty would be for that. To me, it's like an icing penalty. Um, right. That's hmm. what I would do is that if you, you know run out of time on this shot clock and you have to do a defensive zone face off and you can't change out your personnel. I think that's a reasonable balance. So to start like off with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. It, the one thing I don't like about that in theory is that you're adding whistles. You're, you're breaking up the flow of the game. And then the other thing is this, and I think it's true to a large extent in a lot of things in, in hockey. The fact that coaches have figured out how to coach this is what's ruining the excitement of overtime. It's like, wait, you came up with a strategy that actually, you know, prevents uh, other teams from scoring or that allows you to manipulate the, the way we've set it up. So then it becomes a cat and mouse game. They're going to change the rules a little bit. The coaches will figure out the best way to defend it. It'll you know, they'll, and then they'll have to make more changes. 
But that's the nature of the game and sports it in is. general. It so is. it has always been that way where, you know, you come up with a new system and then other coaches figure out a way to combat that system. I mean, remember when we had that thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning where they would just hold the puck and not move? Uh, yes. Right. And then they had to make a rule that you can't, you know, you have to be in motion. Like you can't just stay still for extended periods of time. Right. Um, that's just how sports work and yeah. so I, I don't see this as any different than that um you know and i think that if with these rule changes there's going to take some time people will figure out how to mitigate it and you go from there um yeah. but I, I i think that it does need a little spicing up at this point it does and and to your earlier point i would love to get rid of shootouts i i think yes it's exciting but it's a gimmick uh, it's a skills competition and I don't like games being decided that way. And furthermore, I, I would get rid of the loser point. Either, either I would go to a three, two, one, zero, three for a point for regulation win, two for an overtime or shootout win, one for an overtime or shootout loss, nothing for regulation loss. Or I would just say, go back to the old way where there's two points at stake in every game and the team that wins gets the two points. Uh, you know, I think the amount of points in each game should be uniform. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're looking for ways to incentivize people to try and score in overtime more than they are right now, or use more of the time dedicated to trying to score rather than, you know, skating back in the zone and regrouping. If you if your goal ultimate goal is to make it more exciting, then you make the consequences for not scoring big. Right. So right. that's, and that's what you're essentially saying here yeah. is like, you want to make the consequences for not scoring bigger. So teams are more likely to go all out in overtime. And it seems like the league is just unwilling to do some of those things <laughs> like it or not. And so can you make adjustments to make what we have, like they're suggesting, a little bit more exciting? Yes, yes, you can. And these are some ideas that are doable. Right. And I think and that's just where we are. And you have to decide which path you want to take. Make the yep. incentives for scoring bigger or tweak what you got. Well, we'll see what the league does. We're still a few steps away from resolving this situation. But uh it should be interesting. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. Erica L. Ayala will join us for our women's hockey spotlight. And of course, we will preview an exciting weekend ahead in the NHL, including some more games in Sweden. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from your seats. I've gotten tickets to the WNBA. I've gotten theater tickets. It's a great experience. And they've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even up to an hour after it starts. 
It's the best place to find that last minute seat. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your emails. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now it's time for our bi-weekly women's hockey spotlight. And that means we bring back to the show, Erica L. Ayala. Erica, welcome back. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. We're going to talk some women's hockey. We've got some updates from the PWHL. And some Jersey news as well. Indeed, indeed. Well, why don't we start there? So uh, we're going to pop this up on the screen for those watching on YouTube. For our audio listeners, we'll do our best to describe them. But you can see the home and away kits for, uh, that's a soccer term, but the the jerseys, the sweaters for uh, the PWHL teams. We've got Boston. Um, We'll have a nice green and white, the white jerseys for all teams will be the away. Montreal, kind of like a, a red or maybe more of a burgundy because you also have Ottawa that's more of a proper red. Now you've got uh, Minnesota bringing purple, a regal color, which I, I dig it. I dig it. Toronto has kind of like the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that, I, for, I uh, that that's a, a whole nother sport. We're, we've got we've already talked about three. Um, <laughs> the Vikings. That's right. Speaking of the Vikings and maybe like kind of a color palette similar i guess you could say that for boston as well it's it's a little bit of a darker green than than the celtics but going to the new york team this is you know some people might call it a teal but it's in the seafoam patina kind of region which of course one might call it the statue of liberty green well i would not as a new yorker (laughs) but i think it's in the region you know not close neighbors but it's in the area and the reason that that's important is because the new york liberty of course named after the aforementioned statue of liberty they have been using that seafoam color for over 25 years now and then when sky blue fc also or now known as gotham the reigning nwsl champions when they rebranded yeah when they rebranded they also kind of took in that that seafoam theirs was a little bit of a separation from i think that the seafoam is properly new york liberty then we got a little bit um, more of a of a greenish tint with Gotham, and now you have this for the PWHL. So a lot of people have made note of that. And then Toronto in a blue, whether it's the Maple Leaves or even um, you know the Toronto Furies of the CWHL era, we have often seen blue represented. And here's just a little bit of a close up of the Toronto jerseys. So you'll see. Uh, there's a dark stripe uh, horizontal across, and it's color blocking then to the main color, either blue or white for home and away, with just a little stripe uh, at the sleeve and then also across the bottom, and then the the dark black or not the black sleeve and bottom of the jersey here. So that's what we're going to see. You also see the Canadian tire logo is there on the shoulder. So I want to get y'all's thoughts on the jerseys (laughs) before I kind of offer up what the the conversation has been in women's hockey circles. (laughs) 
Well, I think first off, there's no like team names or logos for them. They're all the same and they all have just the city names diagonally on the front, um, you know, kind of like in the New York Rangers style. Mm-hmm. Um, they they all look like that. And like I'm of two minds there. Number one, they just wanted to go with some consistency um and put a statement out that this is a unified league right so we all have a unified look that is i think one way to interpret it another way to interpret it could be that they uh i'm air quoting focus grouped the potential team names that got leaked via the uh trademark copyright that we talked about people had a generally negative reaction to it and so they decided to rewind and go back to square one and just start with these generic team names for now and then figure it out for year two yeah for sure they are uniform uniforms (laughs) i mean they they i think they look solid i mean i i i think that it's a clean look it's a basic look and you know you start with that and we'll see where it goes in the, in a few years, whether they keep that look or, or whether they expand on from it. But it, it, I think it's a solid start. I mean, they will definitely be wearing uniforms. I think I'm a, I'm, I can hold space for multiple things. I think immediately it's, it's disappointing. We had even for the CWHL and the NWHL for sure, just really great, baseline uniforms. Now there were a lot of other things that players and even fans um, did not appreciate from those leagues, if we're being honest. And we've talked about those, you know, here and there. Um, But, you know, we had the Furies, we had the Riveters, you know, the Minnesota Whitecaps, or even the Connecticut Whale and the original design at that bottom, kind of what I was talking about at the blocking where it had the whale fin as 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 a design there. I think we just seen so many great women's hockey jerseys these definitely are not going to make a top 10 list of overall hockey sweaters that's for sure i think it is interesting to bring up that we're definitely leaning into the pwhl this is a singular league i don't know that sports fans um have difficulty differentiating a team from a league or knowing that a team is a part of a league so is that necessary i don't know but um yeah i i think I think for me, though, what this uh, speaks to is that had the league decided to give themselves a little bit more runway, maybe things like this would have been a little bit cleaner. We also heard from Stan Kasten, who represents the ownership group, and Jaina Heffer. They had media availability. Stan Kasten talked about a lot of things, including that they are not expecting to have specific team branding Uh, whether that's logos or team names for the inaugural season. He did mention that they hope and the plan is to have everything broadcast on television or what some people will call, um, you know, linear as opposed to just digital, what the expectation. So that's the expectation and the hope. What he also said is that regardless in the first season, for sure, that fans should be able to stream PWHL Uh, games. So for me, that is a wide range of an answer. Uh, So we will get to see them. Will we see all of the games this season on cable or broadcast or network television? I'm leaning towards no, at least not right away. But 
I guess we'll just have to see. But these jerseys came at a time where we also got we talked about this a little bit last time, but we we also know that the teams are in uh, they are in market for training camps. And so the training facilities, we went through that a little bit. Um, and um, so th the teams are there. We know that Minnesota, for example, they started camp on Wednesday. They're expected to hit the ice at their facility today, Friday. So not everyone has done on ice activities. I don't think that's, I mean, some people have kind of noted that, but I don't think it's unusual per se to, to have camp where not everything is on the ice. And this is a league of players where a decent uh, amount of them have not had consistent kind of like uh, league style competition on a, on a regular basis. It's been more barnstorming. So that doesn't bother me too much. We also know that they announced a fan fest, which is going to happen at Unica. Utica, excuse me, University, December 5th, all of the teams will be at Utica, which is also where Women's Worlds will happen for 2024. Um, and they'll be competing kind of uh, round robin style, but there's only one game that's available to the public, and that is PWHL Ottawa versus PWHL New York. And that's going to also include a player meet and greet and all of that stuff. So we're still kind of on a slow roll, even as media, to get access to players, to get an understanding of what um, kind of the, the the scheduling is. And as someone who is trying to launch the women's hockey chapter of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, even even I've had some difficulty getting some of those answers, but it's coming out in a slow roll. And we also heard from Stan Kasten that they have hired some people. And he did mention that some of the hiring was, it took a little longer than they expected. Again, when you only have six months, any little hiccup is going to derail you. And so he did mention that now that they have someone in place um, that is really going to oversee the league. Amy Sheeran, uh, who has worked in women's hockey and women's sports before, that there might be some things that they're ready to announce once it's gotten, you know, the final look over. There might also be some things that they go back to the drawing board about. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but we're marching really close to December. And that means there's only one month left before the puck drop. We don't have an official start date. We don't have an official schedule, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Getting very close. No question about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then we have one more item here that makes me a little sad. And we know that because of how things have happened in women's hockey, not just with this league, but over time, that there will be times where players decide that for, for where they want to be in their life, whether on the ice or off the ice, that this just isn't a viable option. There have been several players, but the most recent that we heard from on November 14th is Soroya Tinker announcing her retirement. Over the last 22 years, I've laced up my skates to play the game I love, but it's time to pivot. For those not familiar, Soroya Tinker, a defender, went to Yale University, played 
first for the Metropolitan Riveters in her rookie season in the NWHL, which then turned to the Premier Hockey Federation. And she went out as a champion. She was a part of the Toronto Six in the PHF, the last ever PHF and Isabel Cup champions. And she's calling it a career. But we do know that Soraya Tinker has been involved on so many levels. She actually is the executive director of Black Girl Hockey Club Canada, so the expansion into North America uh, led by Soroya Tinker. She's also dabbled into some storytelling on the on the broadcast side of things, which has included some great women's hockey stories. So, of course, we wish wish Soroya Tinker the best um, and can't wait to see what she's going to do and how she'll impact the sport and beyond. But it is sad to see another player hanging up the skates. Yeah, uh, well, we wish her all the best. And uh, Erica, thank you so much. Always great to talk a little women's hockey with you. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. We've got a lot more to get to on today's show. We have a busy weekend of NHL action ahead. We'll have that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. We spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, and I'm thankful for that connection we have. But today, I want our chat to be a little, something a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio, your prescriptions. And all of this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. That's jasemedical.com. Use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase at Jace Medical. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. Rachel, we've got a busy weekend of hockey ahead, and we're certainly looking forward to it. Uh, Thanksgiving, I, hard to believe Thanksgiving is already here in the United States coming up next week. It's like, how did that happen? Uh, but the NHL with the schedule this week, uh, your, your thoughts Friday, three games on tap, including Toronto and Detroit in Sweden. Yeah, I love that there's four teams over there in Sweden for the Global Series. So today, uh, very soon after this episode goes live, we have the Leafs playing the Red Wings. And then on Saturday, we have the Wild playing the Senators. Uh, so I think that it's just really fun that there's a variety of teams over there and not just two teams. 
yeah, it adds a little little spice to the menu, so to speak. And look, you know, two original six teams, two division rivals, and one overtime loss separating them in the standings. So you have uh, a, a very nice matchup there. And then the 10 o'clock matchup, the Florida Panthers, who are surprising a lot of people despite the injuries to their blue line against the Anaheim Ducks, who have also been a pleasant surprise this year. That should be an interesting game, you know, East versus West. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the the Ducks have stumbled a little bit, uh, but they're still, you know, playing really well overall. And, uh, you know, they, they did lose their most recent game, but seven and three in their last 10, and they have surprised a lot of people. So it should be a really competitive game. Saturday, as always, the biggest uh most crowded schedule of the week. And we start with an 11 a.m. Eastern time game, as you mentioned, in Sweden between Minnesota and Ottawa. Yeah, should be a ton of fun to to watch that one with, you know, the Senators being, I, I think, uh, for lack of a better term, just the most wildly swung team this season. They're really, really, really high or really, really low. Um, and pun intended that they're playing the wild who have been more low than not yeah. this season. So um, it should be an interesting thing to see if the wild can kind of reset in Sweden. And how about your Philadelphia Flyers with a one o'clock Eastern time matinee against the defending Stanley cup champion, Vegas golden Knights. Flyers almost won their first game against Vegas. And, you know, with a, a three game win streak going into this one, it's a home game. Really hoping the Flyers can uh, pull this one out. Great traditional rivalry, Montreal and Boston. The Habs kind of cooling off, and Boston full speed ahead, 12-1-2. and two. Boston is Bostoning very hard right now. Um, it is exceedingly frustrating for me personally, again, but you got to hand it to them. They have like come into this season uh, in a fresh way that I don't think a lot of people expected after how things turned out last season. They said, nope, we are that good team and we're going to prove it. The Islanders in Calgary to finish a four game West road trip and hoping to break a seven game losing streak. Yeah. What's going on there, Gil? Uh, a lot of things going on there. None of them good. I have to say Lane Lambert probably feeling a little heat under his seat right now uh, with this seven-game losing streak. The, the Islanders taking bad penalties, just not playing sound fundamental hockey, and can't get out of their own way. Something's got to change, so keep an eye on that situation uh, as we head into the weekend, especially if they lose that game in Calgary. Uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina Metropolitan Division matchup, that should be interesting. Yeah, it should be. I'm a little more interested in the Rangers-Devils game yeah. just because, you know, the Rangers are absolutely destroying the league this year so far. And I think the expectations were much higher for the Devils, and they've struggled a little bit. They did win their last game against Pittsburgh. But, you know, that being said, they've had a lot of injuries, and it's just been a difficult start to the season for them, despite having a winning record. Um, you know, I don't want to discount that given everything, but at the same time, like going up against what is this season's juggernaut 
so far in the Rangers, I think will be an interesting test for them. Yeah, and that game in Newark. How about Colorado-Dallas? Nice uh, divisional rivalry out in the Western Conference. Yeah, and both teams are, are having a pretty good seasons so far. Um, I think that it, it's going to be a really fun matchup. And St. Louis at L.A. That's the latest game on the schedule at 1030. The Kings, you know, they're they're not getting a lot of media attention, but boy, 9-3-3, three, and three, they're winning a lot of hockey games. Yeah, they did not win against the Philadelphia Flyers recently. Nope. I just think I'd mention that. But <laughs> I think, you know, the Blues are actually the more interesting story to me because, you know, they they did start out pretty strong. Um, they do have a winning record. They just lost to the Sharks. So there's a, a little bit of uncertainty there for me. And I, I want to see how they match up against this Kings team, which can be very... Uh, overwhelming to play up against, but also have some vulnerabilities there. Very true. So Sunday, five games on the schedule, including an 8 a.m. Eastern time start between the Maple Leafs and the Wild, wrapping things up in Sweden, and then your Flyers hosting the Blue Jackets. Yeah, weird 5.30 start time. It's the second half of a back-to-back for both teams at a weird time. I think anything can happen, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and then Vegas and Pittsburgh. I like that matchup. Uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions invading Pittsburgh and uh, Sidney Crosby and company. Yeah, that should be a good one as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I will be back on Monday interviewing three of our local hosts about the biggest stories from around the league. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Every day is, like I said, Monday. We'll be back talking with uh, three local hosts about the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. So make sure you join us for that. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy what should be a great weekend of hockey. And thanks for watching and listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.